Greetings, Cap fans. Welcome to episode 128 of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Verbanis. And as always, I'm joined by the best gosh darn co-host out there. That is Mr. Bob Lucius. Oh, Bob. Hello, Clarice. Very nice. Very nice. What is that from, Bob? You know what? I want to have that greeting with a little Chianti and some fava beans. <laughs> yeah. Very What's that nice. from, Bob? Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. And what, what year did Silence of the Lambs come out? Would that be 1991? It would, Bob. In fact, I think it was the number four grossing movie of 1991. I think you might be uh, right. Yeah. So it... it and, you know, I wanted to to greet you with a, something with a hello mm -hmm. that tied in with our our uh, what issue we're covering today. And I actually think it 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 came out in like mid-February and the comic book that we're covering today, Captain America 385 and 386 uh, actually hit the stands, I want to say, in late late February. So it was actually very good timing. Yeah, that is a good time. Great movie. Great. We had some good movies that year, right? I think Terminator 2 came out that year. Oh, yeah. What are some other good ones? Um, was it Dances with Wolves or something? Come it was. Yeah. yeah. Kevin Costner. Yeah. Uh, I think he had that. And then he had, um, what was the other movie he had that year? Oh. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Here's a list of uh, of some movies that were blockbusters, you know, um, highest grossing films of 1991. So you were right. Terminator 2, Robin Hood. Oh, yeah. Prince, Prince of, of Thieves. Thieves. That was the yeah. other Kevin Costner movie I was thinking That had thinking the of. Uh, Brian Adams theme song, right? Yes, which was a number one hit for seven weeks. Yeah. Love Brian Adams. Home Alone. Mm -hmm. City Slickers. City Slickers. You already uh, mentioned. Crystal, right? No, oh, yeah. You yeah. know, what? I I think about that movie sometimes because uh, he he says he says at one point when he was like, you know, well, I should just go do this because this is the youngest, the best shape, best looking that I am going to be for the rest of my life. <laughs> and I sometimes think of that and I'm like, that's a great, great. Philosophy. I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> it's, he's right. It's all downhill from here. Right. Yeah. Uh, Sleeping with the Enemy, Ooh, yeah. The Adams Family, Naked Gun Two and a Half, mm -hmm. and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Two. Wow, The Secret of the Ooze. Forgot that one. So a lot of sequels, right? We had yeah. in the top ten there. You had Terminator, Naked Gun, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So there were three sequels. Then you had The Adams Family that was made on a TV show and you had Robin Hood, which is basically a, a, a redo, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, not a lot of original ideas yeah. there. Um, you know, I guess the, the Silence of the Lambs. And didn't that get like best picture, best director, best Gosh, actor, best actress? I mean, I like think it, it, it had a pretty good sweep that year. Anthony Hopkins was just, just brilliant in that. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I have to say to you, do you remember that scene? Where he says, 
Hello, Clarice. I do. Well, then you're mismembering it. Bob. Really? Am I? You totally are. Yeah. I So remember that handy dandy checklist I told you I made of yeah. like all the different years? I yeah. wrote, wrote down a bunch of songs that had a hello or yeah. quotes that had hello. Yeah. One of the things I wrote down was Hello Clarice, 1991. Yeah. yeah. So I then go to do research because I wanted to I wanted to hear how how did he say it? Like yeah. was it hello or was it hello? You know, like yeah, how did right. how did he yeah. say it? Right. So yeah. I wanted to get it right when I said it to you. Turns out he never said it. Wow. It's one of those things they call the the the, Mand uh, the Mandela effect. Uh -huh. Have you heard of that? Uh, no, I don't think I have. Well, Nelson Mandela, you know who he is, of course. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a book, maybe more than one book, written about the Mandela effect, and basically, it's where a mass uh, group of people all have the same false memory, mm -hmm. and then it gets you know replicated over and over again, right. yeah. and so. Uh, a lot of people thought Nelson Mandela died in the 80s while in prison. And to uh -huh. this day, many people still think that. Well, he didn't. He died yeah. as a free man in 2013. Yeah, he was president. And, yeah. and so there's a lot of different examples. If you if just, just look up huh. Google Mandela effect. Interesting. Um, here's a couple other misquotes from mm -hmm. famous, famous quotes from, from movies. Play it again, Sam. Uh -huh. So in the movie Casablanca, yeah. It was never said. Wow. Mm. Ingrid Bergman's, Bergman's character, she says, play it once, Sam, for old time's sake. Yeah. But somehow everybody remembers that as play it again, Sam. Interesting. Here's another one that's going to be a little bit more recent. It's going to blow your mind. Ready? Empire mm. Strikes Back. What? What is What is the line that Darth Vader says to Luke while right. he, and he screams? Yeah. No. Right. What? what right. What's the line, Bob? What's the line? Right. I'm your father. But what, what has it start? I I can't I can't remember. Now most people confuse me. Most people say, Luke, yeah. I am your father. Right. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say that. He says, No, I am your father. Huh. But everybody quotes it as Luke, I am your father. Yeah. Uh, a couple other cool examples of the um the Mandela effect uh are like products. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um you know you know the peanut butter jiffy? Yeah. It's not Jiffy. It's it's uh, Jiffy Lube. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, it's I don't know what you use it for, Bob. <laughs> uh, no, it's just Jiff. Jiff. But yeah. to a lot of people, they yeah. reference it as Jiffy. Yeah. And and people are like, well, why do they do that? Probably yeah. because it sits right next to Skippy peanut yeah. butter, right? And they see it and they think of Jiffy. Right. Yeah. Um, there's a few other products out there. Anyway, it's, it's a cool thing. It I and cool. it, it I did remember I that handy dandy checklist was supposed to save me all that time. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, I went down a rabbit hole with this whole Man, Mandela effect, yeah. uh, and uh, and so just so I could say the hello Clarice line to you. So did, he did say, blah 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 blah. blah. What didn't he, didn't he say that? Fly away, little one, little starling. Oh, I yeah, her name was yeah. Clarice Starling, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, here's here's a funny trivia. Um, in the sequel that came out 10 years later, mm -hmm. right? Which was um and it had a different actress playing Clarice. Right. Yeah. Uh they actually had a point where I think Clarice is on one side of the, the prison glass and, and he's on the other side, and they pick up the phone to talk to each other, and he says, mm -hmm. Hello, Clarice. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people think the director just did that as a 
as a kind of a nod to the, yeah. the misquote from the previous 10 years. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That was uh, Julian. Uh, Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore. Yeah. She, Julianne. 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 Yeah. Julianne. Right? She replaced. Um, Man, I'm getting old. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that other person with the hair. You know yeah, what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, with the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One that went in that spaceship thing that they yeah. built. The first one collapsed, and Matthew McConaughey was a preacher. That one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She she was married to that guy. Yeah. Ah, she, I remember. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe she has the name of Jodie Foster. That was her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah Jodie yeah. Foster. Yeah. Yeah, she dated a taxi driver. I don't know. Are you looking at me? <laughs> All right, so welcome to the show, everybody. We are going to cover, as I mentioned, Captain America 385 and 386. And it is from 1991. Uh, we we were kind of inspired, right? We we haven't haven't done the 90s in a little in a little bit. And quite frankly, in the last uh, episode, there was some watchdogs in there, and we're like, hey. Let's go back to the watchdogs. Mm -hmm. I who almost like who doesn't like a good far right militia story. <laughs> I I almost started off the uh, uh, the hello. My first my first instinct was, hey Bob, who let the dogs out? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure you were going to go who who. <laughs> but the problem with that was yeah came out in 2000. Yeah, it came out in 2000. It wouldn't have tied in. To, yeah. I mean, the dogs, watchdogs, you know, I don't know. Uh, right. Yeah. I had some I, real concerns about what your hello might entail. So, really? Why yeah. were you concerned? Well, I'm we'll, curious. Get to we'll get to that later. Ah, we'll our, that, that later. that's what we call folks a tease. <laughs> oh, please. Oh, boy. Uh, hey, so if you're not on the Captain America comic book fans Facebook group, go today. If you are listening on the day this episode drops, which is Wednesday, March 15th, it is, Bob, we're kicking off round two in the bracket of Cap Madness. So every March, we've been doing this uh, Cap Madness bracket. A couple years ago, we did favorite Cap uh, artists. Last year, we did favorite Cap covers. This year, we're doing favorite captain america writers and we're now we went from 32 down to 16 and today we have the number one seed mark grunwald who happens to be the writer of today's story so go on to the captain america combo fans facebook page every day noon eastern vote you have a choice there'll be two writers there Vote who makes it to the next round. And this is this will end up, uh, gosh, I think we're going to end up ending this. April 8th is the championship. So we're going to work our way all the way to April 8th. So we've got we got three weeks left, Bob. Do you, who's your money on? Who, who's your money on is making it to who's the final two in your mind? That's a, you know, that's a really a tough question, Rick. Um, you know, and I think I've been following the comments, you know, and, you know, there's some definite favorites, you know, and I, I do think I would be surprised if, if Grunwald was not in the top two. Now, the outlier is going to be like, who, who, who takes the other spot, right, in the top bracket? And I, mm -hmm. 
I, I want to hear, I want to hear, pick I somebody. I, I think it's going to be Brubaker. I, that's my final two as well. Yeah. I think it's Grew and Brubaker in the two conferences. I think Brubaker beats out Mark Wade mm-hmm. to go to the championship. And I think Grunewald, I'm going to say he, he beats out De Mateus. Yeah, I think you're right. Oh, I was. It could be Steve Englehart. Could be. Yeah. But I think it's going to be De Mateus. Yeah. So I think I think those are the final four. Yeah. Grew De Mateus, Mark Wade, and Brubaker, and then I think it comes down to Grunwald and Brubaker. And I'm gonna uh, if I was a betting man. Yeah. If I was a betting man, I got to go with Mark Grunwald. Yeah, I think, you know, it's going to it's going to be interesting to watch. It's going to be interesting to see the comments on that final two. If it comes down to those two, I do think there is definitely some generational. Yeah, variables here and just preferences in what one wants in a Captain America story, what one enjoys when, you know, just preferences. And because they they do write very differently about Mm -hmm. Captain America and um yeah, they bring a different thing to the table. So it'll be interesting. The comments, I think, will be really uh, il- illustrative. illustrative? Uh, sure. Let's you go know? with that. Yeah. yeah of, uh, of people. You know, they write and don't draw. I, Bob, I don't know if I chose that word, but. Yeah, I, I know. But, you know, they, they, they draw pictures with words. So <laughs> in your mind. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, go to the Facebook page uh, for round two kicking off today. Uh, and you never know. There's always a dark horse. There's always a dark horse right. that could come out of here. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, we haven't even mentioned the classics like, you know, Joe Simon, Jack Kirby, Stan Lee. Uh, you know, some of these these guys are on yeah. here, too. So you're right. You're right. You know, it'll be it, yeah you never know yeah and i know yeah. one of our one of our you know one of our guys was really rooting for uh for um colin kelly and uh and um and lansing so yeah jackson Lansing. yeah yeah so uh you know the current writers so yeah and they're doing a great job yeah so who knows anything could happen that's true yeah they they're in round two as well i believe um so all right check that out Okay, Bob, should we get to the comic? Let's jump in. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so let's get to the comic. As I mentioned before, these came out probably end of February, around that time frame, uh, in in the stands. They had a cover date of May of 1991. And and both of these issues have a backup story. We will not be covering the backup story. Um, it is uh, starring Diamondback and, and uh, a couple of the other ladies from the Serpent Society. And uh, we won't be covering those. Um, they, they're written by Mark Runewald with art by Mark Bagley. 
But uh, instead, we're going to cover the main story written by Mark Runewald, penciled by Ron Lim, inked by Danny Belandi, colorist Mac Shield, letterer Joe Rosen, and editor Ralph Macchio. Do it. <laughs> just do it you know you want to well, i do want to but uh i don't want to, i don't want to do it when you tell me <laughs> all right so let's talk about this cover the covers by ron lim and danny Belandi. um you want to describe it to our listeners bob sure why not so it looks as to, you know it, the action takes place in a room that is painted bright yellow i have a a little side story. I, I once told my Marines that I wish my office was a different color. And I came back after the weekend and it was painted exactly this yellow. <laughs> All floor walls and the ceiling was painted in this bright canary yellow. And they had hung up red, uh, dark red um, velvet drapes in the window. So it was right, that's uh... <laughs> too funny. That is so, too funny. Any case, um, so we're in a room. Uh, there looks to be a lot of, you know, damage to the room. There's a picture with shattered glass on the wall that's uh, canted at an angle and cap is front and center mm -hmm. and around him we see four different watchdogs one is running down a hallway from behind cap another was standing against the wall under the uh the disrupted picture uh and in the foreground we see uh one watchdog laying on the ground out cold apparently and another in the foreground is in the process of getting his head his helmet, I should say, mm -hmm. um, creamed by Cap Shield. And mm. we see Cap in the middle of that whole scene of action uh, just after he hurled that shield. So his body is twisted in that, that motion where he mm -hmm. has released that shield and is now sort of coming around uh, um, 360 or like 180, I guess. So it's, it's, a great, it's a great action shot on the cover. It really makes you want to like dump it jump into this uh into this issue to find out how the heck we got here right yeah and i think ron lim is very good at that he is very good at the action poses right uh i i think this is uh, the way you described it is, is really cool so yeah he he's doing an excellent job i i like i like ron lim you know he he followed uh kieran dwyer uh, on on the book and um i think was the last really good artist that Mark Grunewald had in, uh, in my opinion. Um, so I, I do, I do like a Ron Lim. Um, I I'd say he's, he's definitely in a top 10 as far as Captain America artists for me. Mm -hmm. He does a consistently great job. And then the, a dollar gets you this Bob back a in dollar. 1991, a dollar. Yeah. Yep. And Ron Lim does the, the the corner box logo which has the the marvel and then the m underneath marvel with the comics kind of almost like a graffiti in an angle over the m that's always a cool logo right i like mm -hmm. that logo yeah and and he's got a charging captain america uh up in the corner box they the logo itself captain america is the curved red white and blue logo and then what what is the caption on the cover bob it had to happen. Cap wages war with the watchdogs. Now, why do they say it had to happen? So it almost implies that it hasn't happened before. 
Well, maybe they're, uh, you know, we, we, we covered this back in the road to the captain, right? Uh, we, we saw some watchdog action back then. But it wasn't Steve Rogers. Probably. It wasn't Steve Rogers, right. Yeah. So is it's almost implying that this is the first time Steve Rogers is going up against the watchdogs. Pass the word. One minute to clear out before I drop the match. Gotcha, Bartlett. Yo, everybody out. One minute warning. And then we see a thought balloon in one of the last watchdogs running through the uh, the aisle here. And he says, hey, that door's open a crack. Somebody in there? And he does. He looks. My God, that's not one of us. That's a janitor or night watchman passed out in the closet with a flask of booze. Hey, give me a hand, you guys. This place isn't deserted like we thought. There's somebody sleeping off a... Forget it, man. No time. Bartlett's lit the fuse. But better hustle, Mikey, or your backside's going to broil. Wait, come back. We can't just leave him. Nobody was supposed to die. We're just here to do property damage. Take us 10 seconds to Bluey, bro. What do I do? I don't think there's time to lift him up and carry him out all by myself. We'll both be caught in the explosion. But if I don't, he'll... He'll, and he runs off, leaving the man there. And there's a big explosion, Bob. Bada bada boom! Ah! And the last guy who is contemplating rescuing, but not, is kind of caught in the fire. And outside there are a couple of vans, but they're incognito, Bob. They're they're Harkness rug cleaners. Harkness, where have I heard that name before? Agatha? What's the song? What's the song? How's the song go? It had to be Agatha. Had to yeah. Be, isn't that it? Yeah, I, I know. It's like, I used to have that song in my head. I can't get it right now. What happened? Who was dragging his tail like that? The new guy. Who else? Stupid joke. You trying to get yourself killed? Save your breath, Simpson. He's too out of it to hear you. Hey, someone give us a hand here. Or I swear I'm ditching the phoebe. And they, they pull off. You like cutting it close, don't you, Farrell? There was there was somebody in the building. I, I wanted to anybody stupid enough to work for filth mongers don't doesn't deserve your pity. Ouch. It's pretty extreme, don't you think, Bob? It is filth mongers. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And willing to kill for it. Indeed. Later that morning at the Fifth Avenue headquarters complex of the Avengers. And we cut to Captain America in his bedroom. And he is upside down in a bar where he's using. He's got those really strong ankles, Bob. Remember, remember, uh, wasn't mm -hmm. it? It was. It was an episode 90 where we were covering Captain America uh, well, Tales of Suspense, 97, 98, 99, and Captain America 100. And there was an opening scene where he is going up against the the syndicate, and then he falls over the edge of a building. But oh, if it right. wasn't for that hit really strong right ankle right. that just is holding up on the edge of the ledge. Yeah. Yeah. I have a hard time maneuvering a curb. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know what you're probably thinking. Wow, Rick, 
How the heck did you remember that it was episode 90? I, I, I wanted to say that, but then I thought that would just betray my absolute lack of, of, of remembering things. <laughs> so why highlight that by drawing attention uh, to your own? Yeah. So I, I was actually, uh, a couple of weeks ago, a guest mm. on a show, uh, on a YouTube channel, uh, that J man puts out and he was covering those four issues. Uh, so I just happened to, um, go through those very recently. Ah, very nice. And so I remember, but, but now we know why his ankles are that strong, Bob, because he's, he's, he's like 80. What was he doing? Like 78, 79, 80, 81. Like, and he's doing like, you know, sit-ups at a upside down hang. Right. Bob, I couldn't do yeah. one of those. Right. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and you're right. And the bar is on the tops of his feet. Right. That's got to hurt. Exactly. I don't know. Cause he doesn't have shoes bony, on. I got bony tops of my feet. So do you know? And yeah. yet you, and yet they accepted you in the service. They did. You know, oh. I had a neck job. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do that, right? I don't know what that means. I work from the neck up. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you could have been a flat foot and they would have accepted you. Yeah, maybe so. Who knows? Oh. Yeah. And then the phone rings, Bob. <laughs> it's not a classic ring, Bob, is it? It's not. It's a... <laughs> what the hell is that? What kind of phone is that? I don't know, 90s. but if you look at the phone, it is a totally a classic '90s phone, right? Because it's got a base, and then the phone sits in it straight up, yeah, with the little antenna on the yeah. top of the phone, and then yeah. a little antenna in the base. Yeah, we, I just described it, and most of our listeners went, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, I have, oh one. yeah, yeah," and it had an answering machine in the of base, course, right? Yeah, yeah and and it had the little micro cassette. Yeah, yeah, you got to have the micro cassette, right? Yeah. So his phone's ringing and he, he grabs it upside down and then he does a somersault and lands on his toes. Cap here. What is it? Miss Rosenthal is here to see you, Master Steve. Will you come down or should I? I'm dressed, Jarvis. Escort her up. And then he thinks to himself, Bernie again. Ever since she moved back into town, a day doesn't go by without her calling and dropping in. She seems persistent about wanting to renew our relationship, but I'm not so sure how I feel about that. It's Rachel I find myself thinking about in odd moments. And he looks over at a at an eight by ten glossy photo mm -hmm. of Rachel on his uh, uh I was counter. gonna have one of those odd moments in a few moments. And, hey. uh, this has been interrupted. Yeah. Uh oh. Better hide your picture before no wait. I'll leave it out. Maybe if Bernie sees it's lying around, she'll ask about it. And, and I'll have an excuse to tell Bernie about her. And then he opens up the door. Hi, Steve. Hello, Bernie. Nice jacket. Thanks. You know, you're lucky you caught me in. You really should call ahead, you know. Well, I was just in the neighborhood. Thought I'd give you a try. So this is your living space, huh? Yeah, it's new. They just finished it about a month or so back. I really haven't had much time to do anything with it yet. And she spots the photo, Bob. Mm -hmm. And she says, hmm. Well, it's got possibilities. Say, I know. 
some great home furnishing stores in the village. I could take you to them. I recall how much you hate shopping alone. I'd like to, Vern, but I, I made a date to play racquetball with my pilot, John, this morning. Pencil me in for this afternoon. I've got the Avengers reserves coming in to, to go over some maneuvers. I know. I could pick out some things for you, and if you don't like them, we could return them. I wouldn't want you to go to all that trouble. No trouble at all. I was born to shop. And then she sees herself out. Is that the awkward moment, Bob, you were thinking of? No, no, that's that that's that's not at all. I'm sure we'll talk about it. I'm sure I, I will definitely bring it up, uh, up up later on. But this was awkward for me. Just just hearing you read that and having read that page myself, it was awkward for me because, you know, I'm a big fan of Bernie. She's my favorite. And so I'm like, what the hell's wrong with you, Steve? <clears throat> so so what you're saying is I read it awkwardly. No. No. Oh, no. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, she's looking good too with that bomber jacket on. Hey, look at this next panel with those tight jeans, huh? I know, right? Are those Jordash? <laughs> Nothing gets between me and my <laughs> Calvin's. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so we're in Brooklyn Heights two hours later, and Bernie's knocking on apartment 2A. Let me see if Mike's in. He'll want to hear how to how my plot to win Steve back is going. Mike, you home? It's Bernie. Yeah, I'm home. He opens up the door, and he looks a little rough for wear there, Bob. Sure does. Oh, Mike, your face. What happened? <laughs> Can't tell you how many times I've heard that. <laughs> if I had a dime. Oh, <laughs> uh, nothing. Just the usual work-related injuries. You weren't in that blaze at the record company, were you? I heard about it on the radio. Yeah, I was. Come on, sit down. I, I want to hear all about it. And he thinks to himself, I should tell her. I've got to tell someone. I'm, I'm going to explode inside if I don't. Barney and I go way back. I can trust her, can I? Um, there's nothing to tell. Scrape myself up a bit rifling through debris that's all you sure you really look miserable no i'm fine bernie really it's just that well we i lost somebody failed to save somebody trapped in the building i i should have been able to but i couldn't this is weird i've never seen mike so upset he's been through bad fires before saw a lot of people die in blazes why is this one affecting him so much? Mike? And the phone rings, Bob. Actually, it's the door, Rick. And it goes, bring! <laughs> ah, good point. <laughs> Someone's at the door. And a guy comes in. Uh, white guy, dark hair. You know, decent build. Comes in. Hey, Mikey. Stuart, what? thought I'd drop by, see how you're doing. Who is this guy? You're going to have to excuse us, Missy. Me and Mike got some business to discuss. In private. I'll see you later, Bernie. Okay, Mike. And she closes the door. Nice looker. You squeeze? No, she's just an old friend from college. 
So you're going to offer me a brew or what? Uh, sure. Don't strain yourself. I'll get it. Been probably wondering why I'm here, huh? Came to tell you about the next job. It's next Sunday. Going to torch a porn exhibit. And he opens up a beer, starts drinking, and he tosses Mike the other one. What's with the personal visits, Stu? I was always contacted by phone before. I thought it was too risky to... I asked Top Dog if I could stop by, see how you're after that spill you took last night. Well, I'm not doing all that great. Come on, you got six days to recover. You'll be Jake by then. You a puppy or a pussycat, Mikey? Hey, Bob, how you doing? Are you Jake right now? Yeah, I'm feeling awful, Jake. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. That's that's a very isn't that a very World War II era? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, did you notice the typo? I did notice it. I I I grimaced because of it. With the the T O. Yeah. 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 There's a little. I I read it correctly. Mm-hmm. It was did. too risky. Yeah. But it was spelled T O. Yeah. It was. Yeah. You read it correctly. <laughs> How would you have read it if you had read it incorrectly? I would have said it was too risky, <laughs> not too risky. <laughs> All right. As long as you didn't say toe. Yes. Yes. Did you notice risky. my extra ooh? I, I didn't really know. <laughs> I didn't. But I was just going to like say, goodness gracious, Rosen has done a wonderful job lettering this issue. And then, you know, that something like that pops out. Hmm. Yeah. You know what, Bob? I got to say, when was the last time any of us have ever mentioned the letterer and said they did an excellent job. Now, occasionally, occasionally we will say, Oh, that's a really cool font. They did on the opening yeah. title. Right. Right. Like, so, so for example, uh, back when we were covering tales of suspense, 97, 98, <laughs> 99, Captain America, 100, they did a font, like uh, three different fonts in the title. And they had like a fur on the Panther. And so we mentioned it then. But 99% yeah. of the time, we never mentioned the letter. Right. And it's criminal, especially back back in this time when everything was lettered by hand. And uh, it's not an easy job, right? We do need mm-hmm. to, you know, you, you have to give the letterers credit because they were lettering a lot of books. And uh, and it's not easy, uh, you know, to fit the dialogue in those, those word bubbles and, mm-hmm. and do it in such a way as not to obscure, you know, the art itself. So yeah. it, it's, no, uh, it's, a, it's a skill. It's definitely set. a skill. Yeah. You know, I, I liken the, the letterers, and I know you're you're a big football fan, Bob, so I know you'll oh, get huge. this reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I liken them to offensive linemen. So, that's what I was going to say. Right, because an offensive lineman is somebody like you never hear about unless there's a penalty. And then all of a sudden – Oh, okay. Then, then you, you mention them, right. Or they give up a sack or something, something right. big like that, yeah. like, or a typo in this right. case. Yeah. You know Otherwise not, you never talk about on the court. It. If they're not on the court, you know it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Those yeah. offensive linemen on the yeah. court. Right. Yeah. <laughs> when they get the basket. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. I can always, count. I can always yeah. count on you, Bob. <laughs> 15 minutes later, uh, we see Stu leaving the apartment and Bernie opening up her door footsteps. Mike's visitors leaving. So she goes back over to Mike's apartment. Mike, you okay? 
Who was that guy? He's not one of the guys down at the station, is he? What did he want? Wow. Wow, Bernie. You're 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 pretty <laughs> pretty nosy. Well, I guess now I know why Steve's been avoiding. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Oh, Bernie. I'm in the biggest trouble of my life. You could tell me about it. Okay. But it's painful. And after a halting explanation. What do you mean by halting? I, I, I hear halting and I, mm -hmm. I think of a sudden stop. But yeah, there must it, be another definition for it. Well, halting halting is is sort of like a stop and go. Right? It's 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 like you start to tell the story and then you you stop. Right. Mm, and then you okay. have to be encouraged to like start again to, you know, and so it takes a time. It takes a while to like drag it out of you. Oh, sort of like me doing a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Getting through an issue. Yes. Yes. I, I, I envision a, an entire group from Monty Python, a crowd of people going, get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> so I just panicked and ran. And because of that, a man is dead. But you at least tried to help him. Your friends, on the other hand, their failings don't justify mine. You know, you should go to the police, Mike. No, I'm not going to rat up my friends. You see, Bernie, I truly believe in what they stand for. This is a sick and moral society we're living in, where the irresponsible have the right to force garbage on decent people. It's up to the individual to make a stand against filth and degradation. That's what the watchdogs do. We weren't trying to hurt anyone. He just got in the way. Look, Mike, I'm not going to argue philosophy with you. I'm just telling you, you have to go to the police. You've been involved in a felony. I can't. I'll be thrown in jail, lose my job. Please, promise me you won't go to the police, Burn. I trusted you. All right, Mike. I won't go to the police. And then we cut to the outside and there's a van there, Bob. And then they, that stew character must've planted a bug. Oh, gone him. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Ah, we were right to suspect he was rolling over. He just spilled his guts to the BIM, broken our cardinal rule. What the hell's a BIM? B-I-M? I don't know. I don't know what that, that means, Rick. All right. Well, you need to Google that I, while I do. Be, uh, all right. I'm Googling. What the hell's a BIM? Mikey, Mikey, Mikey. I was hoping better of you. Okay, Omar. Better call in the hounds. So then we cut to the Avengers headquarters training complex. Remember those Avengers reservists that Cap was talking about for the afternoon? Uh-oh, Bob's laughing his ass off. I can only suspect, Bob, the definition of a BIM, B-I-M, is, uh, is fairly funny. Well, there's a couple a couple definitions for that term, Rick. One of them is not safe for, uh, we'd lose our license from the FCC <laughs> if, I, if I told you what it meant. Let's just say the first word is balls. Uh, so that's not the one. Not the one. What's the second word? In a particular orifice. So uh, that starts with an M. That's not the one they're using. Uh, the other definition, and this is from Merriam-Webster, is uh, a woman, especially a woman of loose morals. 
<laughs> so <laughs> I got to look it up now. Yeah, Urban Dictionary. Or wait a minute, yeah. should I do it in? Should I do it in like incognito mode? I mean, like, am I going to get in trouble for <laughs> this, this page I'm about to go on for BIM? It's, it's funny. There's a couple. There's a couple. BIM with lowercase means uh, when someone nods and is trying to end a conversation by not saying anything and nodding. That's the BIM. Oh, I do that <laughs> sort a lot. of like you do that a lot with me. Yeah. You're like, okay, Rick, move along, move along. Yeah, but the other I'm one not going to engage. A bit. The other one's a bit more saucy. So, mm. yeah, saucy or sausage? Sauce. <laughs> no, you're right. right. You're, you're so he's referring now. to a lady of loose morals. Yeah. All right, I'm going to take a little pause here, Bob. So, uh, you know what's know what's going on right now if you go on to um hulu is history of the world part right. two i haven't i haven't started watching it yet. i haven't either there's like eight it's like four nights and each night there's like two episodes and each episode is like you know like 25 to 30 minutes or something wow. like that right so last night my wife and i uh, we weren't up for doing much. We don't watch a lot of TV, but uh, you know, it was like, oh, let's just bed and watch something. So I, I, I mentioned that, and I was like, you remember seeing the movie, right? And she goes, no, I, I never saw the movie. I, I think I've seen bits and pieces. And I'm like, well, guess what we're doing now? <laughs> <laughs> so last night I watched History of the World Part One. Yeah, I was 11 when it came out. Right, hilarious at 11. Oh my God, hilarious <laughs> when you're 11 years old. Yeah. Next time around, not so much. Yeah, that's a, that's a thing with Mel Brooks movies, right? Oh my god, they're totally juvenile. Yeah, I, I did warn her. I told her. I said it's going to be silly. Yeah, it's going to be silly. Uh, and this is the same time. Remember, remember, we had the conversation about Young Frankenstein. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and how yeah. it was kind of like uh, Young Frankenstein was probably a little bit more enjoyable for her. But <laughs> this this one, you know, uh, I mean, listen, it has some classic scenes right yeah. i i i feel like i just i want to mention i go i thought i want to go to work tomorrow and i want to say it's good to be the king right that's a classic scene right, right? classic you know? scene. yeah you know uh this boy and it was a piss yeah, boy yeah, yeah. The sire yeah. sire you look like the piss boy <laughs> yeah well you look like a bucket of bleep <laughs> yeah yeah uh and then you know the inquisition Let's begin the Inquisition. Look out, sin. I mean, anyway, anyway it, it, there are definitely some some funny moments in the Choice movie. Moments, yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, I'm. Let's, let's see what they do with the new series. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. thinking because I I like some of the actors that are involved in it, and so I'm talent. thinking, yeah, totally, totally, yeah. I'm thinking it's going to be silly, but not as juvenile. Yeah. If that no. makes sense. Nope, that makes perfect sense. I, I expect the same as well. So we'll see. Okay. Yeah. Uh oh, I'm getting that nod from Bob. All right, let's continue. <laughs> so we're at the Avengers headquarters training complex, and we have Rage going up against Sandman. Now, this was not a good period for the Avengers in my mind. I know there's going to be some blasphemy. People are going to be like, oh, I love that version of the Avengers. Mm, Rage. Rage was one of those guys from the New Warriors, I want to say. Uh, you know, he's a, uh, a, a very big uh, black uh, teenage guy who wears a wrestle, 
wrestler's mask, basically, and some some leather. And he's a strong guy. And then Sandman is Sandman. So this is the time where, you know, he's trying to turn his life for good. So uh, Cap's basically instructing them on what to do while they're they're fighting each other. And then all of a sudden he uh, he gets a call on his Avengers ID card. And it is in the corner uh, a little video of who is it, Bob? It's Peggy. Peggy who? Peggy Carter. Margaret. Right. Yes. Yes. Now this is the I, I would say I would say middle aged, but I think she's older than middle aged at this point. By now, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Steve, Peggy here. I've got Bernie Rosenthal on the line, and she claims it's a matter of life and death. Send the call to the extension 226. Take five, gentlemen. I've got to take a call. And he leaves the, the room. Five minutes later, he caps outside on his sky cycle. Can you describe the sky cycle, Bob, please? Uh, you know, it's, yeah, it, no. I'd rather not. No. It, okay. <laughs> it's an odd device, Rick, right? It's it's like a park bench that you sit lengthwise on, uh, on some sort of platform with a couple, you know, pylons on the end of the wings. And then it's got, you know, handlebars that have, it reminds me, of, I had a, I had a 1978, uh, Harley Davidson FLH Electroglide that came with one of those big plexiglass windshields that mm -hmm. I promptly took off. Uh, but mm -hmm. it looks like that windshield that you would see on like one of those big 1970s, 1980s Harley Davidson motorbikes. And of course, he's put his shield right on the front of the sky cycle. So it's it's a very odd looking contraption. Mm. I, I, I don't find it as odd as you do. Uh, I kind of think it's cool, to be honest mm. with you. Um, I think, uh, I, I, I remember, you know, I'm like 20 years old when this came out. Yeah. And I was like, that's badass. Like, you know, <laughs> he's got like a basically a flying motorcycle, right? Yeah, I like, just wish it, you know, it's, look, I, I get maybe like the artists like wanted to make it simple so that they, if they had to keep redrawing it, it didn't mm -hmm. have too much detail, but it just seems like, so nondescript right it doesn't really have a lot of detail to it uh, i just wish it looked more like a motorcycle that was mm. and I, if you I, know, in, in 1991 we thought that we'd have these already that's true you know no well we, we in 1990 we thought by the time we got to 2022 or 2023 yeah we would have one right yeah that's right 33 years later yeah we're such a disappointment to our past selves exactly <laughs> Bernie claims Mike Farrell is in great deal of trouble, but she wouldn't say from what. I swear, if this is just an excuse to see me, I'm going to be very upset. And then we cut back to the van and at Brooklyn Heights. Hey, shouldn't the hounds be here by now? I'm freezing my pants off sitting out here without the heat on. They're on their way. It's just taking a while with this snow snarling up traffic. And I want to cut back to that scene with Cap on the sky cycle. Uh, he puts the shield on the front of the sky cycle, which is actually kind of cool, right? Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Not only everybody knows who he is, but it's also a nice defense mechanism. But um, and he's behind a, a, a plexiglass 
you know, like sometimes right. you see a motorcycle that has the, yeah. those on there. Right. Yeah. Um, but Cap's got a scarf on. <laughs> he does. I just noticed that myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was big. Well, maybe I graduated from high school in 1985 and I remember scarves were big for everyday wear, <laughs> like in the mid eighties. Right. It I was a, it was a style at the time. It, it was, it was. I remember, do you remember pretty in pink? I like do. The, the, the rich guy, the rich boys and yeah, one yeah. played by James Spader. He always had like a scarf on. I'm uh -huh. ashamed to admit that I actually wore one for about a year. It's like 1984. Oh, I totally did in, yeah, in the I mid was, to late 80s. Yeah. Cashmere scarf, you know? Oh, yeah. 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 He wrapped so. it around. It would just hang. It would just hang. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were an onion on our belt. That was yeah. the style at the time. That's right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So they're in the van. And um, they're 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 like um, trying to listen in on what's going on in Mike's apartment. So what's Farrell up to now? Watching TV sounds like maybe you ought to dial his number. Make sure he's home. Go ahead. I'm not going outside. Too cold. <laughs> so they had, they had to go up to a payphone, Bob. Yeah, you go. But then uh, the 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 rest of the crew show up. Okay, Bartlett, we'll take it from here. What do you want us to do? Let us have your parking space. And they come out and there's like five of them, uh, you know, in their watchdog gear. Now we, did you describe when you, when you said the, the cover, Bob, did you describe the, the gear they're wearing? You know, I don't think I did Rick. Yeah, I didn't. Would you like me to? I don't know. Do you think the listeners would like to know what the heck they're wearing? Well, you know, I I, I think it's a very, um, you know, aesthetically pleasing uniform, I, I find. So they have, uh, you know. Is it tight in all the right places, It's Bob? tight in all the right places. So, you know, it's basically it's a purple undergarment that, you know, looks like a like a skin tight bodysuit, you know, much as you see all special agents and folks wearing at that time. Uh -huh. uh, but it's augmented by what looks to be sort of like goldish colored boots and gloves and uh, a, uh, a vest. So it looks a lot like a bulletproof vest. It does, like it. doesn't it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then they, of course, they've got, uh, they've got a, uh, a belt with a gun holster and then they've got uh, helmets mm -hmm. um, that are, uh, you know, basically cover everything up but their face. And then they have uh, goggles that they mm. wear over their eyes. So interesting, interesting look for this militia group. Indeed. Purple and orange. Can't go wrong with that. Mm. It's almost like Easter. <laughs> or Halloween, you know, Halloween, whatever. Right, whatever. whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mitchell, Kearney, Gotsky. The fire escape. Bukowski, May, with me. Well, all of their identities are blown. <laughs> <laughs> so they do. They uh, surround the place and they, they work, work their way up to Mike's apartment. And they, they break in, but they can't find anything. And they come in through the fire escape and they can't find anything. And they look around. He's not in there, boss. You check the closets in the bathroom? Of course. Those morons in the van said they didn't see or hear him leave. But then who comes swinging in through the window? It's the man with the plan. That, that would be Captain America. Yeah, there he is. Yeah. 
leave, but I just got here. If these guys turn out to be friends of Mike's dressed up for a costume party, boy, will I be embarrassed. But the hardware they're packing looks a little too real to be props. So he's going around, he's just taking them all out. I fought a lot of paramilitary outfits, but none clad like these. Unless I'm mistaken, this is the uniform of that censorship group that started out down south, the Watchdogs. I trust you six gentlemen have gun permits for those 45s you're carrying. How about I disarm you just to be on the safe side? Get him! Doesn't, don't see Mike anywhere. What do these goons want with him? And then we cut to Manhattan, south of Houston Street. And we see Mike is out there walking, coming out from the subway out into the street. Of course, it's really heavy snow at this point. I had to get out of the house, get away, do some thinking. Starting to get nuts staring at those four walls. Not sure I did the right thing telling Bernie what happened. She means well, but she's such a liberal. Sneak down to the fire escape so I shouldn't... I Sneak down the fire escape so I wouldn't have to go past her door. Left the TV and the lights on to make, make it seem like I was still home. Guess being a watchdog's taught me a lot of secret agent stuff. Hmm. And he comes up on uh, a building that says Exhibition Enrique Parker. Hmm. So that's the place Stu told me we're supposed to hit next. Looks like someone's inside. Good. And he comes inside and there's people hanging up uh, paintings and, you know, illustrations framed like a gallery. Uh, we're not open yet. No press. No public. Shoot. I need to talk to the artist. I'm afraid that's not possible. Come on, Hobart. Let's hear what he has to say. Opening night, make sure everyone's out of here by midnight, okay? If they aren't, something bad will happen. What's that supposed to mean? Are you threatening me? No, just warning you. Against whom? The posturing self-appointed arbiters of public taste who claim my work has no redeeming social value? Come on. What redeeming social value can there be in a picture of a woman doing this? That's just plain offensive. But that's the point. Art is, is meant to stimulate the sensibilities, get someone to, to feel. To feel outrage? Disgust? That's not my idea of art. So only your idea of art should be permitted to be exhibited? You philistine. For good I even came. Pompous jerks like you could burn for all I care. And he slams the door and leaves. Hmm. That's not the Mike I know, remember, from from the olden days of Cap's good Steve Rogers' good friend? He's changed, Rick. Has he? Has he changed? Or is he just showing his true colors? I, I don't know. Uh, he never seemed to be so... I don't know. Um opinionated in that way right but who knows so we cut back to mike's apartment and cap's beating up the watchdogs that's three down three to go if anyone you left standing would care to tell me what you're doing here we could end this little aerobics class early you know aerobics class now that was big back then in 1991 right it was it was i think though was it uh was it starting to wind down 
Yeah, I think so. Point. I think I so. Think so. Yeah. yeah. After the Jane Fonda workout Let's tapes. Get physical, physical. Physical. No, that wasn't Jane Fonda. That was no, Olivia that was Newton Olivia. John. Yeah, but I think that was all in the heyday at that point. Yeah. Did you ever do aerobics? I no. No, I did. Did you? I did back in the early eighties. I was, I was probably like 13, 14, mm -hmm. uh, needed to, uh, work off some of that baby fat. Okay. Yeah. I was All taking right. Taekwondo. Nice. And in that yeah. studio where they had Taekwondo, they also had aerobics classes. Wow. And so they were like, you need to stick around, take an aerobic class. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. And then, then I saw a couple of the girls in there and oh, I was like, yeah. 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 All right. Okay. Why not? Give it a try. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be your leg warmer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Cap Cap's taking these guys out. Um, and he's he's like not the swiftest crew of combatants I've ever sparred with, but their heavily padded outfits give them weight out of the corner of my eye. One of them running out the door. And we do. We see one of the guys uh, leaving. He's running out. Never seen anybody fight like the outside of a movie. He's unstoppable. Couldn't lay my hands on him. Managed to snatch up my gun, but I just know if I start shooting, I'll end up hitting one of the guys. Hate to run out on the others, but what's the point of having us all get? And he runs into who? Bernie. Oof. Ow. Lady, if you ain't just what the doctor ordered, come on. And he puts her in a half Nelson. Came out to see what the commotion was. Didn't mean for this to happen. Okay, hero, put down the shield or this broad gets it. Bernie. Sorry. Let me get this straight. You people are champions of morality, yet you're willing to threaten the life of an innocent? That doesn't sound very... Shut up and do it. I'm serious, man. And he holds uh, a gun to her head. Now, that's not a forty-five. Bob. It is. Uh, it, there, there are uh, forty-five revolvers. They're, they're, they're rare, but, uh, but they do exist. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. What makes it a forty-five? Is it the caliber of the? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a caliber. So, um, not, not the most useful weapon. Mm. So, maybe it was his backup. Yeah. So he says, "I'm serious, man." Yes, you look it. So he drops the shield. Okay, now stand on it. So there he is standing on his shield. And the other guys are getting up. Yo, dog brothers, let's move out. Go help Mick. I mean, uh, that guy in the corner. Got a present for you, shield slinger. A clock radio? No thanks. I have one. You're a riot cap, man. This here's what you call an explosive device. What kind, you wonder? I can't really say. A time bomb, maybe? Or perhaps it's rigged to go off if it's touched. Or if someone makes too loud a sound. Darn if I can remember which, and I forgot to bring my instruction book, too. To be on the safe side, know what I'd do if I were you? I'd be very quiet. Not try to mess with it. and hope it gets goes a very, very long fuse. We see you so much as we so much as think we see you following us. You could say bye bye to the nice lady. Oh, and one last thing. If you were doing your job properly, it wouldn't be up to us to go around cleaning up the nation. 
and he slams the door. Can't think about his stupid taunts. Can't think about Bernie's life in danger. Got to concentrate on defusing this device. Can't tell how powerful it is. It might very well be able to take a huge chunk out of this building. Can't just leave it here. Can't throw it out the window and hope it explodes harmlessly. No choice. Going to have to work on it. I'll need my tools. And he reaches into his glove. So apparently he, he keeps some tools in his glove, Bob. I used to keep him in my butt crack. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? <laughs> Rick, when I was training to be an attache, I went to a special school down in uh, Virginia where I had to manufacture my own lockpick tools from sheet metal. And then uh, you would attach them to a small piece of rubber tubing with an alligator clip and hang the bag of tools down your butt crack um, hanging off the back of your shirt in case you were rolled up. You could reach in behind you, you know, if your hands were handcuffed, pull that package out and pick your way to freedom and get out of the handcuffs. And they actually threw me in the trunk of a moving car so that I could practice this particular technique. So I still long, have my tools. How long did it take? <laughs> well, I don't think anybody else would want them. <laughs> How long did it take you to uh, to to get out the, the very first time that happened to you? You know, it didn't take that long. You know, we practice, obviously. You practice at home, right? You know, they give you a pair of handcuffs and you had your tools. And so you just sit on the couch and, and practice, you know, while you're watching the news or TV or whatever. And and so by the time, you know, you had the final exam where they picked you up and threw you in the trunk with a hood on, uh, you you pretty much had that part down. So, so there you go. Yeah. So at least he's keeping them in his gloves, right? It could have been, could have been worse. <laughs> well, maybe he's got something else there. <laughs> That's right. Those are the big tools. Yeah, exactly. Steady now. Take it nice and slow. Okay, there's the timer. And if I gently pop this lid, I should see the wires leading from the timing mechanism to the explosive. Got it. Hmm. A homemade job. This is going to be tricky. When it comes to bombs, sloppy amateurs can be more dangerous than slick professionals. I was pretty sure it wasn't touch or sound triggered. We'd have been handling, he'd have, he'd have been handling it a whole lot more gingerly if it was. Can't rule out that it's booby trapped though. Come on, you old warhorse. You've deactivated scores of bombs over the years. It's even part of the Avengers' basic training. Time's wasting. They're getting away with burning. Sorted out all the wires. If those guys knew what they were doing, all I have to do is cut these. Please let them not be total idiots. Snip. Phew. And then he jumps out to chase after. Bob, what's wrong with that scene? Um, I, the the scene of him jumping out the window? No, no, no. The scene of him going through the 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 explosive device um i don't know i don't know i i was thinking to myself how just this is just perfect grinwald you know the thought bubbles because in that first one where he's talking you know he's thinking about what he could do could he just leave it here or chunk it out the window and the panel before that i'm like why doesn't he just chunk it out the window or you know mm. leave it there yeah well sure. and, <laughs> right? and grew explained why and he does put in the, using yeah. thought bubbles right because it wouldn't yeah. work any other way right so, yeah 
Now, I, I, I don't like the fact that Steve is perspiring profusely here. I mean, like beads of sweat was coming down his face as he's doing this. And, and that's not Steve Rogers. He's a, he's as cool as a cucumber. All right. Okay. Especially since he's, he's, he's already said he's done this scores of I've deactivated scores of bombs over the years. So therefore this isn't his first rodeo. It's even part of basic training for the Avengers. Mm -hmm. Right. So Mm -hmm. why is he sitting, you know, here just dripping, dripping loads of sweat mm. i don't like that okay that's fair that's fair you know it doesn't bother me as much i like the fact that he's he he's nervous even though he's done this hundreds of times before because he recognizes his own you know mortality right he doesn't he doesn't have an armor suit like iron man he's not a god like thor this thing yet off. yet yet <laughs> yet you know this thing could potentially kill him so uh, which makes it all the more heroic that he's true. trying to deal with it rather than just leave it. That's true. Yeah. Gone. Ernie apparently with them. I still don't know what this is all about, but I do know those dogs picked the wrong guy to get mad. And a half hour later, we see Mike returning to the scene of the crime and there's a whole bunch of police cars. And so he thinks Bernie must've called the cops. And so he's really upset because he thinks, uh, they should that he should he should have trusted he shouldn't have trusted her. So that's the end of that issue. Next issue, and we see a little face of who is it, Bob? It is U.S. agent, and it says hounds, hostages, heroes, and Holocaust. In enter the agent. I do like that face of John Walker, though. Yeah, yeah, it looks so John Walker. That's so Walker. It is, isn't it? Though that lopsided grin, that's somewhat maniacal. Yeah. Well, he's, I think. Remember, what was also going on at this time in 1991 was the Justice League International over on DC, mm-hmm. and so it was the it was the De Mateus, Keith Giffen, and Kevin McGuire series, and they had a Guy Gardner, and I really think they were trying to like play up the whole attitude that you know the Guy Gardner attitude right, with John yeah. Walker. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. All right. We need to get to issue 386. And it's uh, pretty much the same creative team, Grunewald, Lim, Balandi. Uh, the colorist, though, instead of Max Steele, is Christy Scheel. But the same letterer and editor, Rosen and Ralph Macchio. <laughs> there it is, folks. All right. Let's take us through the cover, Bob. All right. So uh, another fantastic cover, Rick. Fantastic. So you are at a knee level, I think, you know, looking up. And in the foreground, you see, of course, Cap. uh, And you see that there's three watchdogs. And one of them has his arm around Cap's uh, neck, right? So he's got him in, what was it? What did you describe it? A half Nelson, full Nelson, three quarters? Something along that, you know? Yeah, half Nelson, I think. I don't know. Half Nelson, I don't know, you know? And, um, but they're all, all three watchdogs. You know, Cap looks seriously upset, seriously mad. And the three watchdogs, however, are all in the process of, it appears to be screaming, uh, because coming through the glass skylight above them is John Walker, U.S. agent. And he's got that, uh, that seriously 
unhappy expression on his face that you know John Walker is well known for. And his I would right say angry. I I would go beyond unhappy. He looks <laughs> rageful. He, he does look he looks raging. Yes. Maniacally raging, right? And his right fist is clenched and he's got his shield on his left arm and he is hell bent hell bent for leather. He's coming through that and he's he's gonna destroy everyone in that room. I have a question. Yeah. Um why would he be hell bent for leather? Well, you know, he, him and the watchdogs don't exactly have a good history together, right? We know that the watchdogs- No, I'm killed. sorry. I mean, literally, why would he be hellbent for leather? <laughs> I i don't think I've ever heard that expression before. You haven't heard that? No. It is a, it's an idiomatic expression. I don't know what the, what the uh, you know, the uh, entomology of that uh, idiomatic- I'm going to look it up for you, Rick. <laughs> Are you going to go on the Google? I am. I'm right. going on the interweb. So, and it says here, I, I love this caption, Bob, here comes U.S. agent to save the day. And then outside of that bubble is a bigger starburst that says, not, exclamation point. How 90s is that, Bob? Remember that? Indeed, not. People, people yeah. would say, say something, they'd be like, not. Right, yes. I don't miss that in the least. <laughs> I really don't. That was an yeah. obnoxious thing back in the day. Yes. Hey, Bob, love your scarf. Not. <laughs> All right. So here it is, Rick. Not to be confused with the Audie Murphy movie of the same title, Hellbent for Leather. So it means behaving determinedly recklessly in a manner that lacks restraint. But Apparently, the entomology is uh, is traced to animal behavior, and it's applied to animals who behave poorly as if they were bent on being turned into leather. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, I understand you being uh, a, a vegetarian and uh, loving I I'm not animals. I'm not going to that saying anymore. I know, right? Yeah, it's on my list. <laughs> you have a list of sayings not to say? Yes. I hope one of them is not. Eat like a pig? Yeah, of course. I don't use any of those animal sayings anymore. Try not to anyway. Well, it's it's not eating a pig. It's Eat eating like, a, like pig. a pig. Those are two different, completely two different things. Well, of course they, they are two different things, but we, we don't want to, I, I don't want to like depersonalize animals and stereotype them. We wouldn't <laughs> say like... <laughs> Okay, the fact that you said depersonalize, uh -huh. personalize. Do you think? Do you think an animal don't have personalities? Those those are two different things. Do you think they're persons? I do. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Otherwise, I'd eat them. Well, you can eat something that's not a. I mean, you can eat something that's not a per. I mean, you know what I mean? Like no. <laughs> I don't eat animals because I personalize them. They are individuals with relevance and worth, right? Oh, well, yeah, I agree. Yeah, individuals, so, totally so, individuals, totally yeah. with worth. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I, yeah, I, I it you know, did, 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 I guess we're, you know, it's semantics as far as the word person. Yes. Right. It's how it's not been, it's not normally used in in our culture right to use it to refer to non-human animals absolutely right yeah 
I don't disagree with that. Non-human animals? Yes. Such as? Anything that's not human, that's an animal. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, would you do, you, do you not concede that we are also animals? Uh, of the animal kingdom? Probably. Okay. But But again, you have expressions like, my animal tendencies right but if you have a tendency that means that you're not that but you have uh you're acting as if well i don't i don't agree with that i think when okay. we say it's it's a animal tendency we recognize it that it's a common tendency of <clears throat> whatever class that we belong to in this case animal can we get back to talking about dogs oh, who Watchdogs. <laughs> the watchdogs, right. Yeah, we should do that. Yeah. All right. So in in this particular um you you described the cover, which was uh it's it's a very cool cover. Uh, he cover. is it's uh you should get this one. Oh, should I? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've I've got thirty thousand dollars to put it on your list. Yeah. yeah, sure, why not? So we cut to the opening splash title page, and it is uh, a a watchdog in his uniform behind a business desk. And behind him, though, is a bunch of wooden crates. So while he's, this is his office, it's certainly not an office. Uh, but next to him, yeah. next to him, Bob, is the American flag. It is, it is. And standing in front of his desk are two watchdogs holding a captive Bernie Rosenthal. She is bound. She's handcuffed behind. I wonder if she's got any butt crack. Uh, mm -hmm. Wasn't to think about. I don't know where she'd put it. Those are pretty tight <laughs> jeans. Yeah, that's that's the drawback. You gotta like have a little bit of play in there, you know, to that, <laughs> fish that stuff out. Uh, and then uh, she's got a blindfold on and a gag on. Somewhere in the New York metropolitan area is the headquarters of the local division of the militant morality group known as the Watchdogs. Who the heck is this? Like we mentioned in the car phone, Top, we ran into some trouble in Brooklyn. You didn't say anything about taking a prisoner. If we hadn't grabbed this lady, Captain America would have bagged us. Captain America? How'd he... I don't know, sir. In the mission? Scrubbed. Mike Farrell was out there, blabbing away. Mike, what got into you, getting involved with nuts like these? Hmm. Our sworn duty is to fortify the morals of American society, not to kidnap innocents. Take her somewhere far away from here and let her go. But, Top, this chick is Farrell's friend. We may be able to use her to bait a trap for him. You're right. Okay, take her to the lodge for safekeeping. She can audit her curriculum. I'll call him. Let him know you're coming. You hounds did good. Dismissed. I can't believe they were almost going to let me go. What's this lodge they're going to take me to? Oh, how do I get into these things? Elsewhere, we have a nice, huge splash page of uh, Cap going through the motions at the Avengers headquarters, uh, kind of like the danger room, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's these huge balls with spikes on them, uh, bigger than his head, 
They're like cannonball size with spikes on them that are flying around. And of course, there's a lot of poles and other things uh, shooting out. And he is going through the motions, avoiding everything, and then hitting some with his shield. That makes 25 dodges and 37 deflects. And I've barely broken a sweat, let alone released any of the tension caused by letting those watchdogs get away with Bernie a few hours ago. The watchdogs are new to this area. Our database has next to nothing of any use to me trying to track them down here. Not sure what step to take next, except wait around till I get a lead. And he's going through the motions. Uh, and then we have Fabian in the background, who is like the control panel. Cap must really be frustrated. He's had me turn up the combat simulator to maximum workout. Wonder what's next. No, it's not Fabian. It's uh, his pilot. Uh, Jameson. Jameson. Right. Yeah. Wonder what it's like to have a physique like his and have to work out constantly in order to keep from losing the slightest edge. I wish I... Know, I... I know exactly what that's like. Do you? <laughs> Which part? <laughs> losing the slightest edge? Oh, yeah. I gotta constantly keep on yeah. top of myself. I think it's interesting that Grunwald brought that up. Yeah? Why so? It's like a, you know, a throwaway line here, but I don't mm -hmm. think so. Yeah. I think it's very interesting that he had a side character witness Captain America going through this, and he made a point to say that, you know, Cap's got this physique, but he's constantly have to work to to make sure he doesn't lose the, the you know, any edge. Right. You know, it's almost like he's planting a seed for something. Well, I, that may be. That may be. I think it's also important to, you know, what what you know. Steve got the super soldier serum, right? And he gets all these great abilities, you know, mental faculties, physical abilities. And if that was it, then it's easy to just say, like, well, he's got all this, right? And he can just go out and do all these great things. But what what we what we're hearing here is, well, it's not quite that simple, right? He is a he's a machine. He's a he's got these great capabilities. But if he doesn't continue to hone the machine, if he doesn't you know continue to do you know if you had a, a weapon, any weapon, you didn't do preventative maintenance on it and cleaned it and kept it you know oiled, then it wouldn't function the way that it needs to function in in the situation you need it. And, and Cap's body is that same way. Right? It has hmm. to continually be trained and kept at its fighting fit form. Uh, it doesn't just stay that way, you know, sitting on the couch eating potato chips and thinking about going out and doing stuff. And mm -hmm. I think that's important because it shows Steve's commitment, you know, it is an ongoing commitment. It wasn't just a one time, you know, one and done injection with some vital rays. Right. No, it's a very good point. And I also think you look at it from a different perspective. I mean, you you bring up weapons and oiling them and things like that. I mean, obviously your military career um, you know, gives you that perspective on things. I, I think a lot of us uh, who read these don't really think of it that way. We don't really think of Captain America as a a, a machine that needs to be, uh, you know, regularly maintained. Um, we do know that, you know, he has to work out. Um, so anyway, I think it's, I, I don't think it was a throwaway line. I think right. it was a purposely yeah. put there by Mark Grunwald. Pardon the intrusion, Colonel Jamison, but could you please turn off the system? 
the captain has a visitor. No need, Colonel. Leave it on. Hey, old-timer, coming at you. And it's the U.S. agent. And he just jumps in there while this is on maximum workout. And you see him kind of go through some acrobatics. U.S. agent, what are you doing here? I heard on the radio that the watchdogs had become active here. What do you know about it? It's true. I had a run-in with them just last night. As a matter of fact, they're holding hostage of an acquaintance of mine. Hmm. I let in on the track down. Sorry, agent. I would prefer to handle that matter alone. And and they're going through, you know, this workout. Now the two of them, uh, avoiding and deflecting. I've read U.S. agent's file. I know he's killed a number of watchdogs in the line of duty. And they're responsible for the deaths of his parents. The last thing I need is having a babysit a vengeance-driven powder keg like the agent on a sensitive rescue mission. I'm not asking, Captain. I'm telling you. I want in. Look, I'm leader of the Avengers here. I decide who goes on all missions within my jurisdiction. I don't want you in. And then Jameson turns off the simulator. And the two of them stand there talking to each other. And it's noticeable how much bigger John Walker is than Steve sure, Rogers. Sure is, isn't it? Yeah. You have no say over me anymore, Captain. I'm no longer an Avenger. Your West Coast team voted me out two days ago. Would it be rude to suggest you keep up on your paperwork? If you're no longer an Avenger, you have no business being here. Leave voluntarily or I'll have you escorted, forcibly. And this all happened in uh, Avengers West Coast, number 69, Bob. It sure did. Let's get this straight, Captain. You don't like me, I don't like you. But I do respect you, and I know better than any man alive today how that costume of yours tends to bind you where the sun don't shine. You owe me a favor, man, for saving your butt from the Red Skull lookalike in D.C., and I'm calling it due. U.S. agent, I would think you've been an Avenger long enough to know that's not how things work. I'm not about to jeopardize a mission where a life's at stake by dealing in somebody I've never worked with, as well as somebody with a reputation of getting out of hand. Do I make myself clear? And he turns and he leaves. So, Bob, when was the last time Cap, Steve, and John Walker were together. I don't. I don't know, Rick. Was I mean? Obviously, they had. He was referring to those incidents in in Captain America three fifty, where both of them uh, took on uh, the Red Skull, who at that time looked like Steve Rogers. Mm -hmm. Nicely articulated, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I can't remember what was the last time they might have spoken <clears throat> or you know engaged with each other. Yeah, so so in 351, uh, John Walker was, quote-unquote, assassinated, right? Mm -hmm. And then he was in 354. And then he he went to West Coast Avengers. Right. So he was with them, I think it was, you know, around 1985. Uh, or not 1980, I'm sorry, not 1985. Um, so then he went to the West Coast Avengers, and it was in the 40s, 
right? So somewhere in the mid forties, he joined the team and then he appeared uh, in Avengers spotlight for a little while. Um, and then he was in Captain America, but in, in, in the backup story, right? He wasn't in the main story with Steve. He was in his own backup story. And that was in issues 358 through 362. And then, um, I think 364. And then he also was in a backup story in the 370s. So he's, he's been around. You know, since yeah. he's become U.S. agent, right? he's been in West Coast yeah. Avengers, he's been in Spotlight Avengers, and he's had this backup story in Captain America. But this is the first time that we are seeing the two of them together. Oh. And that's why Steve says, I've never worked with you before. Well, that's fair enough. So we cut to Manhattan's Lower East Side. And it's we go to Mike, who is hiding out. What a mess I'm in. The worst of my life. Can't go home. Cops after me. Stuck in a flea bag hotel. Gonna lose my job. And it's all because Bernie ratted on me. Called the police when I told her I was a member of the Watchdogs. And after I swore her to secrecy. Well, maybe I was in a bit of a trouble before that. But with running out on the night watch caught in a torching of that record company. Learned a couple of things that night. That despite the goodness of intentions... Bad stuff could still happen. And that's that's when the pressure's on. I'm no hero. But hey, I didn't deserve my, have, to have my life messed up this badly. Don't know what to do now. Nowhere to turn. And blast it, I forgot to buy shaving cream. Can't risk going out again looking like myself. Have to grin and bear the razor. Great. No hot water either. So he's shaving off. His mustache, Bob. Okay, the stash is gone. With any luck, I won't be spotted right away. Figured out my only option. Go back to the dogs and throw myself on their mercy. So we cut to Vermont. Now, Vermont's not exactly close to Manhattan. It sure isn't. It's a bit of a drive. But it is less than an hour from the New York State border, Bob. Okay, ma'am, we're here. Just get you inside and we can take off these blindfold and cuffs. And then there's a, a a black lady who's there to greet them. Hey, Darla, we got a new camper. No positive ID. I think her name's Bernie or something. But she's not here on an immorality rap. Just for safekeeping. Where should we stow her? Room 212's open. Safekeeping? And then they throw her in this room, this bedroom. Okay, Bernice, this will be your home away from home for a bit. Sorry for all the discomfort. Trust me, it's all for the good of society. Keep cool. Don't try anything foolish. And you'll get along fine here. Someone will be by in a bit to help you get orientated. That's oriented, you stupid creep. But having been trapped by the Red Skull once, I, I know better than to aggravate my captors in any way. And all things considered, this is a lot better than being held by a Nazi murderer, isn't it? When did that happen, Bob? That was way back in Cap 294 to 300, Rick. Yeah, that was a J.M. DeMatteis story. 
Now, come on, Cap. You know the drill. Rescue me already. I've got a career to get off the ground. Surely you must have figured out some way to trace me by now. We cut back to the Avengers headquarters, and then we have John Jameson there. So this U.S. agent guy, what's his story? Lots of, lots of it's classified, John. But I can tell you he's a great big pain in the posterior. He used to call himself Super Patriot. The government sponsored his membership in the West Coast group, but with the recent United Nations rechartering of the team, he must have lost his in and they booted him. Not hard to see why. Though he's not without his admirable traits, he's definitely not a team player. Yo, Capistrano, got something that may interest you. What's that, Fabian? Well, I was checking out any new leads on the watchdogs like you asked, and I'm not positive I got one. But anyway, there's been a number of very interesting disappearances in the past six weeks. Let me see. Two members of the rap group Crew D Crew, uh, a porn star turned performance artist, an erotic photographer, a uh, proprietor of an adult bookstore, a comedian noted for his rather raunchy stand-up act, uh, a reproduction rights activist, maybe 15 in all. Could be a coincidence. Could be connected. Hmm. If these disappearances have been engineered by the watchdogs, who might be next? Scan this. Enrique Perquer, controversial exhibition to open. Fabian, you're all right. Guys, I have a plan. One requiring our disguise kit. Oh, he has a disguise kit, Bob. Who doesn't? Where did you keep yours? <laughs> it's a very small one. Mm. So we cut back to Queens and we see the uh, we see Mike there kind of wearing a, a green trench coat and a cap. All right. There he is. Stu. And we see Stu, one of the watchdogs. Huh? My God, Mike. Mike, how you doing, bud? Bad. I'm in trouble with the law, man. They were swimming all over my place last night. I hate putting you at risk by coming here, but I... Hey, nay say no more, Mikey boy. What the heck are Dark Brothers for? Come on inside. Really appreciate this, Stu. So they get inside. Mike's place is not very tidy, Bob. No, it is not. First thing, Mike, my man, you look in serious need of a brew. Relax. Take a load off. Make yourself at home. Let me play hostess with the mostess. And he gets to the refrigerator, and he leaves the door open to kind of, I guess, hide himself. And he gets a phone, and he's, this is Stu Bartlett. Yeah, I got Farrell here. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, but this is where I live. No uniforms here. I don't want to be compromised. And he closes the door. And who's standing on the other side of the fridge? It's Mike. And it's not looking happy. Who are you talking to? No one, man. Just uh, my, my brother-in-law. You lie. You sick the cops on me, didn't you? No, I swear. I trusted you, Stu. And he punches him. Why does everyone have to go and betray me? Hit me, will you? This is my house. Bleep it. And he hits him in the head with a beer bottle. 
and knocks him down. Mikey, old bud, this bud's for you. Remember that? I sure do, Rick. Right? There's the little commercials. Yeah. This bud's for you. <laughs> so we cut to back to the uh, Enrique's place at, in the, uh, the, the art studio or gallery, I should say. And we see Steve Rogers wearing his green trench coat. And he's got a fedora hat on. I guess that's the disguise kit, Bob. Yeah, the trench coat. Yep. So the bottom line, Mr. Procure, is I'd like to impersonate you. So when and if the watchdogs try to nab you, they nab me instead. Sorry, out of the question, Mr. America. I have too much to do before my opening Friday night. Perhaps I didn't make it clear to you, sir, that this may be a matter of life and death. Perhaps your own. What is it with everyone threatening me? Has the society no regard for art anymore? You represent America. What is going on in this country? Everyone threatening you? What do you mean? Last night, some Philistine walked in and tried to make a case for the aesthetics of intimidation. I sent him packing. I see. Well, this is my business card, Mr. Procure. Call the toll-free number on here if anyone bothers you again. Hmm. Avengers Headquarters? Say, you wouldn't be interested in purchasing some of my work for display in, say, your lobby. You're right. I wouldn't. Good night, Mr. Brooker. So he goes out to the van. He's not interested in cooperating. But he said something that led me to believe he may be indeed a watchdog target. So now what? Now I think you and I are going to do some seat-of-the-pants work. Oh, Bob. Was that anything like your seat of the pants work? There you go. There you go. Glad I brought some coffee. Want some? No, thanks. Two and a half hours later. John, look. Two guys escorting Pecor out of the gallery without his coat. Your luck astounds me sometimes, Cap. What luck? This was plan B. Keep an eye on them. I'm going to rev up the sky cycle. Okay, this trick is to keep them in sight while staying out of sight myself. And he's on the sky cycle with his scarf and a, a jacket because it is cold out. <laughs> Flying with the headlights off should help, provided I don't smack into something, that is. Burn. Hope they're not traveling too far out of town. This vehicle was built for speed and maneuverability, not for comfort. Hey, you hear something funny? Like a high-pitched whining sound? Ah, uh, it's just that Cyprian porn artist in the back. About two hours later, well, I guess I guess Steve didn't get his fast trip. He sure did not. I bet he's upset about that. Yeah. They pulled into some sort of sky lodge, secluded enough for a hideout, I guess. And he looks at his wrist watch, which is more than just a watch. Hmm. Not sure what sort of security these boys might have, but if this wrist gizmo Fabian put together works as he says, I'll be able to detect any and all electronic surveillance devices. Then it's up to me to avoid them. Hang on, Bernie. I'm coming for you, assuming this is where they have you stashed away. And then we get checking to side. And Bob, what's what's going on in here? What, what, 
describe this scenario for me. Yeah, it uh, so it's a large room with a lot of uh, monitors, very large flat screen monitors around uh, every wall. And one of them uh, shows the American flag and another one has a small boy eating an ice cream cone. There's there's one that shows uh, a baseball game in progress and, and one with flowers. And then there's a, a mother hugging her young child. And, and in the middle of the floor, we see about, oh, it looks to be about 10 or 12 individuals seated, you know, crisscross applesauce style in, uh, in a school circle. And around them are watchdogs uh, at all four corners, uh, presumably guards. Good day, everybody. We have a new naughty to welcome into the fold, friends. Say hello, Enrique. Hello, Enrique. That isn't exactly what she said. <laughs> hey, what, what's going on? This is brainwashing group. What's with all the people putting up with this crud? Although I don't think he's a crud, Bob. Ah! Well, we'll have no naughty talk here, Enrique. That's why you wear those dog collars. Group, let's try to make Enrique feel welcome. What say we sing, If God Didn't Make the Little Green Apples? I'm not familiar with that song, Bob. I'm not either, Rick. I'm not. Oh, oh. I'm going to ask you to sing it to me. <laughs> so in that group of people sitting on the floor was Bernie. Phew. In just one day, the low protein diet, lack of sleep, and constant companionship is beginning to get my head all mushy. What must be happening to some of these people who have been here for months? And then the lights went out, Bob. <gasps> Hey, what happened? The lights, who? Enemy action, it's gotta be. Everyone, remain calm, remain seated. And then it was outside, we see Cap just cut a wire. I think control panel. My. But the dogs are coming, Barb. Who you let the me? dogs out, Rick? Who? Who? <laughs> oh, that's so 2000, Bob. I know it is. Not. So the dogs come barking and running at, at Cap. Personally, I love animals, but I don't think the feeling's mutual. Down, boys, down. And then he smacks them with their she his shield. Maybe, maybe able to put them to good use once I reach the building. So, Bob, that was pretty uh, a graphic hit on the dog. No, Rick, I don't think you need to be concerned about that because as you know, from the editor's note, the ASPCA, the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, has determined that no animals were hurt during the depiction of the story. Oh. oh. Usually the editor makes those comments. Who, who did it this one? Ralph. 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he, Ralph Macchio, wrote Ralph, R-A-L-F, and then he wrote, R-A-W-F, and then he went R-A-U-F. He was having a little fun with that, Bob. He sure was, right? So he, he busts in through the front door, but then he jumps onto the chandelier, and then as the, the dogs are coming through, he drops his green leather trench coat onto the main, the front dog. 
Just drop my jacket on the lead dog, and he'll lead the rest of them on a merry chase after my scent. And then he he goes and he hides uh, as, as the uh, watchdogs are running around with their flashlights. Uh, but he it man, manages to avoid being seen. So he's being very uh, ninja-like, hiding in the dark uh, while the watchdogs are on, on, on high alert, going around with their flashlights and their weapons. So then he's going and he's checking various rooms and he kicks in the door and he sees Mike Farrell. But he doesn't let on that he knows who he is. The name's Captain America. I'm going to help you get out of here. But you're going to have to stay put for a bit. There are still armed men roaming the halls. You got that? I got it. Couldn't let on that as Steve Rogers, I knew him personally. But I sure would like to know what Mike's connection with the dogs is. Not that it'll help me find Bernie any easier. And doing a great job avoiding you people, I might add. But just then, Bob, what happened? U.S. agent comes crashing through the skylight, just as we witnessed on the cover of this issue. It is. He doesn't look quite as rageful. He looks angry. He does. But not as rageful. And just then, Cap slaps the side of his head. U.S. agent? Oh, no. How? Just what I don't need. And he just decides to hightail it out of there. And he's like, I'm going to another level. It's going to be way too chaotic to look for Bernie up here. I'll try the main floor first. And then Mike thinks to himself, what a jerk I've been. It's the watchdogs who are holding me here, doing all this to me. Not the police, the watchdogs. The outfit I swore allegiance to. The guys I thought I shared the moral high ground with. I've got to escape. If I don't, they'll betray me to Captain America. And then I'll get busted. My life will be ruined. I'll be locked away forever. And U.S. agent is just going through the watchdogs. Not so good fighting someone that can't fight back, are you, dogs? No, you're only effective pointing guns at defenseless old people like my parents. Anyone who dares belong to the watchdogs is automatically my enemy. What's this man ranting about? That's not Captain America. Sounds like a massacre is going on. I'll never rest until I've housebroken every last one of you. And he picks up a watchdog. And then he is kneeling with one foot up and one kneel, knee on the ground. And he picks the watchdog up almost to like break him his back over his knee a la Bane with Batman but just then John Walker thinks to himself break him over my knee like a rag doll wait not a doll a scarecrow the scarecrow in the field I confessed my guilt to I swore I'd change, that I would not lose control and take lives anymore. Did I mean it? Can I staunch my need to hurt the wretches who took my parents from me? Can I make just this one exception? Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not kill. 
thou shall not kill. And he just slams the guy down to the ground. Good evening, gentlemen. You can't make me kill you, but if it's a world of hurt you want to live in, you've come to the right place. And then below, we see Cap with um, the, uh, the hostages. Okay, everybody, I'm Captain America. If you're being held prisoner here, I'm here to liberate you. If you're one of the kidnappers, consider this a bust. Cap, he's found me. I knew he would. Bernie's here. Thank goodness. I'd hate to go through all this, only to have to go through it again. Huh? Someone behind me. And Cap turns, and he throws a punch, but he pulls it at the last second because it's John Walker. And he's just an inch from John Walker's nose. Any action down here? I ran out upstairs. Ten minutes later, and we see the hostages are freed, and the watchdogs are either unconscious or have surrendered. So you could thank me anytime now. That is, unless you think you could have resolved the situation so easily, so easily all by yourself. I not only had the situation in hand when you made your entrance, I could have resolved it without punching everyone's lights out. Ha! How did you find this place? Followed you. How else? That's impossible. I would have seen you. Cap's going to be mighty peeved once he finds that bug I stuck on his shield in the Avengers gym this morning. I'm good at it. Well, it's good to see you were able to restrain yourself. Nobody seems to be dead. I'm a new man, Cap. A kinder, gentler berserker. Captain America, the name's Mike Farrell. I'm not wearing a uniform, but I'm one of them. Mike! I joined the Watchdogs because I thought they championed moral behavior. But as it turns out, they're willing to commit almost any immoral act in the name of their brand of morality. The fact that I'm repentant doesn't change the fact that I'm as guilty as any one of them. I wish to be arrested. The end. There you have it, folks. I, I like that uh, that panel toward the end where uh, U.S. agent and Cap are standing in the room and you see all of the watchdogs unconscious on the floor. But did you notice they're all the males and the females are uh, kneeling with their hands over their head? I did yeah. not notice that. I, I noticed yeah. that there were people kneeling with over their hands over their head, but I didn't notice it was the females. Right. Yeah. So. John is that Walker. your favorite, that well, your favorite panel? You, John Walker. No, it's not my favorite, but I like the fact that I, you know, I, I think what happened here is, you know, John beat the snot out of the, the watchdogs, but he doesn't hit a woman. Hmm. And, and, and cap too, right? And Steve cap too. too. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think most of those folks probably, you know, would have surrendered to cap, but. Um, but anyway, I just thought that, that is interesting. I didn't, attention. I didn't notice that. Thanks for pointing that out. He is a Southern gentleman after mm -hmm. all. So what do you, what's your overall feeling of this story? I, it's a good story. You know, and I, I like, uh, you know, you see the, you see John Walker's personality changing, right. Him making an effort to um, uh, he, he's on that journey of personal redemption and becoming more of um, a superhero than, um, than he had been in the past. So I, I like that. Uh, I like seeing the two of them together. Um, I like their personality clashes. 
Uh, I think that's interesting. I love seeing Bernie again. And, and I like, you know, the story was, was written at a particular time in American history where, you know, the rise of right-wing militias was common. So it was, you know, common in the mid to late 1980s and early 1990s. There were several incidences culminating with some, you know, very notable historical events that occurred around right-wing militias. So, so it was, you know, historically, you know, um, interesting as well for me. Yeah. And those are all very good points. Um, I, I don't disagree with any of those. Um, I, I, I kind of took it on a personal level about Mike Farrell because Mike is somebody who's been a friend of Steve Rogers you know, the Steve Rogers personal identity, you know, for quite some time. Right. Uh, I think his, I think his first appearance was in 237. And then, then in the, the Roger Stern, John Byrne era, he became, you know, more prevalent, right? He was in, I think one, two, three, four, five of, you know, over half of the Roger Stern, John Byrne era. Mm hmm and then J.M. DeMatteis decided to to bring him in as well, right? So he, there was probably a half a dozen issues where he was in there as well. So we're talking a dozen issues that, you know, he was a good friend of Steve. Um, and then Gru wrote him uh, a couple issues, you know, like 316, 317. But I think Gru decided, like, I needed to make this personal. It couldn't have just been Steve against the Watchdogs. There had to have been sub another element to it, and he decided to to make it his friend. And and you know, Mike was a blue collar firefighter, and so I think that was an easy. I guess target for Gru yeah. to to say, okay, well, we'll, we'll make him, you know, yeah. in in more of that right right wing militant type group. And I do wish, you know, yeah, I think I think I think you're spot on in those, um, you know, trying to discern why Grunewald used him. I do think it fell a bit short in, in in explaining what the catalyst was. I don't recall there ever being a real big catalyst that sent Mike down that path. It just sort of happened, right? And uh, mm -hmm. I wish that had been explored a bit more. I think that would have been, it would have been interesting. Perhaps. Yeah. Uh, and now he does come back. Mike Farrell does come back in issues 425 through 427 and then 438 and 439. I, uh, so Grunewald does bring him back for those five issues in the 420s and 430s. So um, perhaps maybe that's explored a little bit there. Uh, I don't recall off the top of my head. I haven't read those probably since they've come out. Yeah, me either. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that was pretty interesting. All right, so I go first this time. You went first last time. I go okay. first this time for favorite panel. Lucky I, dog. There you go. Yeah. I, I saw what yeah. you did there. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with my favorite panel was from issue 386. Oh. You already know where I'm going? Mm, I have a good idea. I'm going to go with page three. Yep. 
you have the big giant splash page of cap with uh, all those uh you know weapons coming at him in like kind of like that danger room scenario um that's a cool panel and the fact there's a giant splash page and that's one panel just you know that's kind of like i'm cheating a little bit there but yeah that's my favorite all right that's a great panel i am gonna go did i steal yours nope not at all but i do love that panel um i'm gonna go same issue rick um Mm -hmm. but Page 18, uh, that bottom a panel that goes lengthwise across the uh, across the page where mm. Cap has thrown that punch, but he pulled it at the last minute, right, you know, a half an inch from, from John Walker's face. And John Walker didn't flinch either, right? And you mm-hmm. only see from, you know, from his eyebrows to the, the top of his chin. Uh, and he's got, you know, his teeth clenched. And, you know, he says, any action down here, I ran out upstairs. So both of them, you know, uh, are, are so disciplined and in control that they 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 basically mastered, you know, the the punch and and the reflexive response to the punch, uh, mm. and it's a real close up on the fist and on the face, and I think it's just a wonderfully done uh, panel that mm. just tells you so much about Cap, but it also tells you so much about Walker. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of my Taekwondo days, Bob. You know, I, yes, I, right. I, uh, I had to yeah. pull my punches during, uh, our combats. Yeah. Yeah. So Unagi. Yeah. I had to get, I had to get close Yeah. so I could get a point, yeah. but not so much that I hit the person. Right. Yeah. 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 That was totally me. You exercised umami. Yeah. Wax off. <laughs> All right. Um, so t-shirt worthy, Bob, what do you got for t-shirt worthy? T-shirt worthy. Um, I'm gonna go same issue. Um, oh. <laughs> page five, that that panel with with U.S. agent and Cap side by side deflecting the projectiles with their cool. respective shields. That's a that pretty cool, cool. That's a cool panel. Uh, it's it's cool to see them in a similar pose, crouched next to each other, both using their their shields or respective uniforms. It's a it's mm-hmm. a it's a well done panel. Yeah, that and is. Yourself? No, I I I like that one. I considered that one myself. Ooh, um, okay. T-shirt worthy. I'm going to go with page sixteen, and that is, I'm going to go with that top half, which is. John Walker crashing through the glass. And and then in addition, you have Cap slapping his head. Mm-hmm. You know, just what I don't need. Uh, I love that. I love that whole, here's U.S. agent crashing through and then Cap kind of doing the, I could have had a V8, right. you know, yeah. himself in the head. Right. Good. In Good fact, choice. this page was up for sale in the last year. And uh, I got got outbid on this page oh. somebody somebody's i'm somebody's lucky who's, who owns it yeah well good for them all right uh so time capsule all right bob i am for for time capsule something that encapsulates that time period right yeah i'm gonna go with page 10 uh-huh oh okay i'm gonna go with the last panel uh-huh where um, Stu is standing over Mike and he holds the beer over him and he says, 
this buds for you. All right. There you go. Yeah. I, I, that's totally a yeah. jingle catchphrase yeah. from that, uh, from, from Budweiser. Right. Yeah. You know, so perfect. Yeah. That time a good capsule. One. That's a good Thank one. You. Commercials stick with you, don't they? I was, I was riding in the car yesterday and I heard, mm -hmm. I don't remember the name of the song. Uh, it's a, it's a Van Halen song with, uh, when, when Sammy Hagar was the lead singer. Oh, I was about to go. I was, I was this close to going Panama. No, no, Sammy Hagar, and it, they use it when they when they introduce new Coke. The commercials for new Coke. Right now. That's it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's the one. So that song came on the radio, and I can almost see the, like the new Coke commercial. You know, when they first introduced it, and mm -hmm. I remembered like how excited I was to like try to go out and get a can of new Coke, right? And then so. you drank it. And then I drank it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yes, some advertisements, man, they just stick with you. They do. All right. Well, I, I cannot believe you didn't pick the most obvious one, Rick. Uh, and that is the first page, the splash page in issue 385, when the watchdogs are in the recording studio and mm -hmm. we see the posters on the wall with Crudy Crew and the Sonic. And we know that Sonic Youth had a big album in, uh, in 1990. And of course, one of the big hit songs of that era was from Two, uh, two Live Crew, mm -hmm. right? Me So Horny. <laughs> I'm like a dog in heat, a freak mm -hmm. without warning. I have an appetite for sex because me so horny. Me so horny. <laughs> you remember that song, Rick? Uh-huh, I do. Oh my God, I had that, I had that cassette tape. <laughs> and in the car, you know, and it was the it was the uncensored, you know, original oh, version wow. to like crew. But that was like a big, big scandal in 1990, 1991, mm -hmm. you know, and particularly down here in Florida, where they put out like they called that obscenity and they went to arrest Luther. What's his name? Luther Day or something like that. Whoever the lead singer was. Hey, Mr. Luthor. Right. Yeah. And so it was a big deal in Broward County down here. So I was I all over that cassette tape, mm -hmm. wore that out. So that's my time capsule. Having those two things, which, you know, particularly two live crew, emblematic of what a lot of folks saw as obscenity and immorality in music and attempts mm -hmm. to like stop it. Uh, so you could see where Grunewald drew on the cultural context at the time and placed the watchdogs right there in the center of it. Perfect. That is absolutely perfect for to go in the time capsule. So well done. So Bob, I I I'm I was looking something up for the podcast, and uh, I couldn't help but notice that um, during our recording, you you posted something on your your Facebook page. I don't think I did. No? no, no. There's a picture of your two cats. Oh, that was earlier. Yeah. Oh, because it, it says it says two hours and. We've been yeah, recording it was for, like 30 seconds before I came in and started recording. Oh, I, wanted to get, okay. I wanted to get my glass of water. Uh -huh. That's were disappointed that it was just a water break. I see. Yes. And they were like, where's the, where's the grub, human? <laughs> like, you got an hour to go, folks. <laughs> so speaking of drinks, Bob, for our patrons, I know we've talked about the, the what would cap do challenge coin. And, and, that, and that's a huge hit. People love that coin, um, and we're excited to to just share it with our patrons. Um, but one of the other things that we do, and we don't talk about this very often, but there's three different levels of being a patron. Um, the top level 
is what we call the super soldier level. And we we only have a, like a handful of super soldier level patrons. Yeah. But one of the perks they get, of course, they get all the perks of the other levels, but they also get to be a guest on the show once a year mm-hmm. where they get to pick the topic. And so we we're going to start having them coming on uh, over the next few months and having various uh, patrons, super soldiers that, um, you know, and, and the, and the topics are going to be interesting too. stuff maybe that you and I maybe not would think of. Uh, and this is an opportunity for them to, you know, obviously it has to be Captain America related. Right. But mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know, and we'll have them come on. And, and I was thinking, Bob, what, you know, the marketing guy in me, the marketing guy in me was thinking of um, uh, uh, what we would call this when we have them on. And this would be nightcaps, right? Where we, we have them on at nighttime and then we all have maybe our adult beverage of choice. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be adult. It could be it soft could be a drink or whatever. Yeah. 100%, right? And then we sit here and we we have our nightcaps. What do you right. think of that? Yeah. We, we wrap about cap while we're having our nightcaps. I love it. I think it's a great idea. I think that'd be a lot of fun for a lot of folks. It'd be a lot of fun for me. I, I, I would love to, to talk more with, uh, with our cap fan uh, members and patrons and, and hear about what they love about cap and their favorite stories and the things that they want to talk about and share with, uh, with other listeners. I think that'd be super fun and all the better if we can have a, a cocktail or a mocktail to, uh, to help it go down. Absolutely. All right. So look for that uh, in the coming months. And then for next episode, Bob, it has been way too long, way overdue. But we're going to go back. We haven't done volume five, the Ed Brubaker run since way back in episodes 19 and 21. So we're we're talking. It's been two years. Wow! Since we have done anything from Ed Brubaker one, and the reason we have it because Ed Brubaker has written a lot of stories that are multiple issues that go on and go on and go on, and, and you know not too long, you know because we enjoyed reading them, but a little too long to cover here in the podcast. But we're gonna do perhaps a short version of an Ed Brubaker story next episode. Ooh, that sounds exciting. I think that's a great idea. Uh, you know, Brew Baker is a fan favorite. Uh, he's written a lot of great stories and I I think it's time for us to go back to volume 5. Absolutely. Well, been looking forward to it. All right, Bob, as always, I got to say it has been so much fun wrapping cap with you. It has, Rick. Let's do this again next week. We shall. All right. He's Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Verbonis, and you have been listening to another episode of the Captain America comic book fans podcast.